Shalom. My name is Mitch Glazer. I'm president of Chosen People Ministries, and I want to welcome you to the Chosen People radio program. Joining me is my good friend and colleague, Bobby Walter, and I want you to know that this is a very special radio program, Bobby. It is our one-year anniversary. Let's hear it. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) I hear our, our listeners cheering. So, shalom. Take it away, Bobby. Tell us why you've had such a great year being on the radio. Well, first of all, because I've been able to share with you, uh, share the program ah, with you. Ah, you're a smart you know? man. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so shalom and welcome, everyone, and mazel tov, as we say in the biz. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have made it a year. And uh, honestly, that's all in thanks to those of you who have been joining us week after week this past year. It's our prayer that you'll continue to value what we consider to be this, this timely program. Because we know that when you discover the Bible in light of its historical and cultural Jewish context, it gives all of us a greater appreciation and love for the Jewish people, for Israel, and you know a love that you may not have had previously. And honestly, it gives us a better understanding of our own faith. And that's also why we think that studying the Torah, the first five books, as we've been doing here, and really the, the entire Old Testament through the weekly portion, it's such a great way for us to learn and also to be able to connect and find common ground with the Jewish people in all of our communities. So, Mitch, in honor of our one-year anniversary, are you ready to hear the topic for the day? I am. I bet you it's going to be celebratory and exciting. What is it? Okay. So, drum roll, please. It is leprosy. Woohoo! Wow! (laughs) Wow, that's almost as exciting as molds. (laughs) You know, the the thing I love about the Torah, the five books of Moses, you have everyday life. Mm -hmm. So when the children of Israel were wandering through the desert, what kind of food would be healthy to eat? How should they handle disease? So God wanted to protect the Jewish people from a rampant disease. And so he gave laws of cleanliness. But these laws of cleanliness not only are good for health and for the well-being of the Israelites, particularly traveling through the desert. But it's also a reflection of God's character. In a very interesting way, we learn an abundance of spiritual lessons about our life and our walk with God from these uh, seemingly extraneous or uh, not very relevant portions of the five books of Moses. I know that it's, it's a bit sloggy to get through, We wonder what the purpose for learning about leprosy and the laws of leprosy, what's this all about? And we're going to try and share some of that uh, with you today. And I think you're going to find it actually quite interesting and valuable for your spiritual life. Right, right. So we'll pick up in Leviticus chapter 14, because that's, that's where we are in the weekly Torah portion cycle. And the name of this portion is Metzorah, which means infected one. And what follows throughout the chapter, it's really like medical advice from the great physician himself. And, you know, again, I I know like today it may not seem super relevant to us, but I assure you that at the time you couldn't pay for better medical advice, right? I mean, this is downloaded from heaven from God himself. 
It's really, really uh, detailed and uh, some of it's graphic. But Mitch, why don't you tell us about leprosy and and even how it points to the healing that God would bring to all creation through the Messiah? In Leviticus chapter 14, verses 1 through 57, we really have such an abundance of information. We have abundance of information about the disease, how the disease should be recognized, then how the disease should be cured, and then how those who had the disease can re-enter into the social context of Israel. I mean, this is where we learn about social distancing. <laughs> you know, and social distancing wasn't an act of hatred. It was an act of love for the community. Now, let me go ahead and just read a little bit of it, and then we'll talk about some of the implications. So then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, this shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. Now he shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go to the outside of the camp. Thus the priest shall look, and if the infection of leprosy has been healed in the leper, then the priest shall give orders to take two live clean birds and cedar wood and a scarlet string and hyssop for the one who is to be cleansed. The priest shall also give orders to slay the one bird in an earthenware vessel over running water. And then there's a lot more details. And all of these things were done by the priests who sometimes functioned as worship leaders, sometimes functioned as butchers because uh, they were handling the sacrifice, and sometimes functioned as teachers, and sometimes functioned as medical professionals. And so there's a lot more in this passage. Today, leprosy is not as bad as it used to be because of these modern drugs. You know, the one thing about leprosy is that, that everybody knows is that you need to separate the leper from the rest of the population because if you don't separate the leper from the rest of the population, it's just far too transmissible and infectious. Right. So in the text, in chapter 13, we, we get all these tests that the priest would perform to determine whether or not a person had leprosy. Right. Now, if, if they had leprosy, what was their life like? What, what would happen to them? Well, their, their life would be lonely. People would shout leper when they were close to someone uh, so that everybody would stay away from this person. But ultimately, they needed to go outside the camp in order to go through a period of healing. And then they were inspected by the priests, as Leviticus 14 makes clear. And so leprosy separated Israelites from worship and from their fellow Israelites. This is one of the reasons why in the Bible, leprosy is used as a metaphor for sin, not because it's actually a sin, it's a contagious disease. And so it's very interesting in Jewish literature, there's a uh, passage in the Talmud, which loosely speaking is a commentary on the Old Testament, particularly on the five books, codified between the second and fifth centuries in Jewish tradition. And in one of the passages, I'll give you the name of the passage, but you probably will not have a Talmud in your, on your shelf, but Sanhedrin 98a and b, there's a whole discussion about the name of the Messiah. One of the names given is given in this text from Sanhedrin 98. The Talmud says, his name is the leper scholar. As it is written, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him a leper, smitten of God and afflicted. Now, of course, some of you are listening and you're saying, Eureka, I know that passage. 
That's right out of Isaiah chapter 53. Hmm. And I just want everybody to remember, this is our anniversary radio program. This actually is program number 53. (laughs) So for many reasons, it's important for us to actually look at Isaiah chapter 53. If you have your Bibles, I'm looking at verses 3 and 4. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, Hmm. he was despised and yet we did not esteem him. So this is a picture of the Messiah who would bear the sins of the Jewish people being treated like a leper, not because he literally had leprosy, but because it was a metaphorical statement that he was bearing sin, and we, so to speak, stayed away from him as we would stay away from a leper. Sin divides. Sin separates. Leprosy divides. Leprosy separates. And so in verse 4, we pick up on it. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now listen to verse 5. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. Do you see? He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. By his scourging we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. And so all these various Old Testament words for sin are used in Isaiah 53, transgressions, iniquities, and so on. So he is treated as a leper, but there's something even deeper, and it's in the Hebrew word. We esteemed him stricken of God and afflicted. Well, this is really incredible. The Hebrew word naga, which is translated stricken in my New American Standard Version, is a term that usually is associated with leprosy. So whenever you read about leprosy in the Old Testament, we read about someone stricken with leprosy. And naga in its root means to touch. So there are a couple of ways to understand this. Leprosy was communicated by touch. If you touched a leper, then you could get leprosy. Also, when somebody who had leprosy was touched, their skin would just indent and sometimes not go back to normal. And it would usually leave a bruise because leprosy made your skin very, very sensitive. And that's why you were so marked when you had leprosy because your nerves didn't feel pain anymore. And so people would burn their hands and they would run into objects and get bruised. And so when you had leprosy, you would look very marked. You were very obvious. And so the rabbis took this word stricken, naga and built on that the very idea that we just read, that the Messiah would be the leprous one, or they called him the leprous scholar for a number of reasons. And uh, there's more to it in rabbinic literature as well. The question's asked, when will the Messiah come? Go and ask him yourselves, was his reply. Where is he sitting? At the entrance. And by what sign may I recognize him? He is sitting among the poor lepers. And so the the rabbis recognized this link between this innocent servant of the Lord carrying sin, being separated from God and from other people because of his sin, and leprosy was about one of the best ways they could explain the damage that sin causes because it causes us to be separate from God 
and separate from others in the community. But there is a solution to spiritual leprosy. And the solution to spiritual leprosy is this. The Lord caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Verse 8, he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression, the Hebrew word for rebellion, sin, of my people to whom the stroke was due. So in other words, Jesus, who fulfilled this passage, was cut off out of the land of the living for our sins. He died for our sins. But when you ask an Old Testament individual, what do you know about sin? What's it like? They may very well have said, sin is like leprosy. It causes you to be damaged. It's communicable to others. It can hurt others. And it separates you from your fellow Israelites. And we understand that even more profoundly, sin separates us from God. So are we all spiritual lepers as sinners? Well, in a sense, it is a word picture that's used very, very beautifully in the Old Testament to describe our condition. There are other descriptions of what it means to be a sinner, but there is definitely a number of parallels between being a sinner and being a leprous one. Thankfully, there is the ultimate leprous one who died for our sins so that we could be cured of our sin and of our spiritual leprosy and brought back into a relationship with God and a relationship with others. You know, the beautiful thing is, and sometimes we don't notice it, but sin really damages people. It damages families. It damages lives. How many people have become bitter and alienated from family and friends and from society because sin drives us apart from one another. And so when we get saved, when we accept Jesus as our Messiah, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, no matter who we are, whatever our religious background, when we give our hearts to the Lord and we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we are now aligned or no longer separated from God. We're, we're in close proximity to God through Jesus the Messiah, and it changes the way we relate to others in the most magnificent way. And then we express that when we join with other believers in a local church or a local messianic congregation. Instead of being separate, we have great fellowship. And, and what's heaven going to be like? Heaven's going to be a place of separation where we just enjoy our relationship with God alone? Absolutely not. Heaven's going to be a time for all eternity where those who are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb rejoice forever in the presence of God. Sin no longer separates. We're no longer spiritual lepers. We are forgiven, and we are right with God, and we are right with one another. It's just a tremendous picture that is painted, and you just can't understand Jesus and what he's done if you don't understand leprosy. <laughs> I hope this helps you. We all know the story of how God raised up an unlikely leader to free the Israelites from slavery. Today, Jewish people around the world still celebrate this pivotal moment of our history with a meal called the Passover Seder. But what about followers of Jesus? When we bring our presentation, Messiah and the Passover, to your next gathering, you will understand how the Passover story foreshadows his sacrifice, which redeems us from slavery to sin and death. 
So invite one of our speakers to your church, congregation, or small group, and allow us to reveal the beauty of God's redemption plan through this significant moment in our faith. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And Mitch, I really find this whole topic and this whole conversation about leprosy and and how Yeshua, Jesus, fits in with that whole theme. Really, I'd never really thought about it before our conversation just now of how much language, how much leprosy language is used in Isaiah 53. And as you know, I mean, this is just such an important chapter in our ministry because it clearly lays out the death, burial, resurrection of one special, innocent, suffering servant of the Lord. And it just describes in such great detail what Jesus went through. And it's written about 700, 750 years before Yeshua even walked the earth. There's one other thing that uh, I'd like to point out from Isaiah 53 that is another example of this leprosy kind of language. So in the Torah portion today in Leviticus 14, a number of times there's a specific kind of sacrifice that the priest would offer in order to make it possible for the leprous person to be cleansed and brought back into the community, to be restored to fellowship. And the offering is the guilt offering. In the Hebrew, it's the word asham. Asham. And wouldn't you know, when we come to Isaiah 53, in verse 10, this same exact word is used to describe what would happen to the Messiah, what would happen to the suffering servant. And in Isaiah 53:10, this is the only place in the entire Bible where that word is used for a human being. So it says this, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief, if he would render himself as a guilt offering as an asham offering. And this is, I think, is significant because it helps us understand a little bit more about the power of the sacrifice of Yeshua. Through his sacrifice, we have forgiveness of sins. We are made clean. Our condition, our sinful condition of the spiritual leprosy is made whole again. But on top of that, not only are we forgiven, but it's through the sacrifice of Jesus, our Messiah, that a path is made for us to return to the community, to to be brought into the family of God. And to me, this is just, it's powerful. It shows sort of like, you know, two sides of the same coin or more evidence and more the byproduct and the blessing that comes through Yeshua's sacrifice. You know, it's a great picture, Bobby. And again, you know, when you start looking at the Old Testament and and the New Testament through Jewish eyes, you see it through a, a filter of the Old Testament particularly. And sin is never dealt with in the Old Testament and really not even in the New Testament as an individual personal issue. Right. Think about all of the community and the unity passages throughout the New Testament. You know, we always say, you know, well, it doesn't harm anybody else. But actually, sin always harms somebody else. Mm-hmm. When people destroy their own lives, you know, with a drug problem or infidelity or with any of the other issues that we face in this world, they can alienate family members and friends and cause incredible stress and hardship to right. everyone. And so when we come to the Lord, he cleanses us. He gives us a new ability to live for him. He heals our spiritual leprosy and then rejoins us. Sometimes people who were alienated from families come to know the Lord and they are back as a functioning member of that family, a loving member of that family. And if that family is not a believing family, they're coming back and their witness within that family is so powerful. Some of you might have children who have strayed from the Lord. And you understand if if a child has strayed from the Lord, 
that causes grief, not only among the parents, but among the uncles and the aunts and everybody else. And when that child comes back, that prodigal child comes back, wow, the level of joy that families have because now a child has been made right with God, the spiritual leper has been redeemed, and they no longer need to be separate from one another. So separate from God leads us to be separate from others. Reconciliation with God helps us to be reconciled with others. And that goes right to Jesus' prayer for unity in John 17. One of the ways the world knows that we're his disciples, one of the ways the world knows that we're right with God is because we're right with one another. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today on this special weekend of our one-year anniversary. If you'd like to learn more about this program, please visit us online at chosenpeople.com radio. You know, Bobby, it's even more special than our anniversary because we are in major preparation from one of the high points of the Jewish and Christian year. Passover and Easter are coming. Passover actually starts on April 15th. Evening and morning the first day, the evening of April 15th, and it lasts for eight days. That's the feast of the Passover plus seven days of unleavened bread. And on those first two nights, we have what's known as a Seder. And so I hope all of you are going to be part of a Christian Seder. And if not, you can write for our booklet entitled, 10 Ways to Find Messiah and the Passover. This book was written for anyone wanting to know more about the Passover and how Jesus fulfilled this wonderful feast day. You'll discover why Jesus is the matzah of life. Of course, we say the bread of life, but we know that he indeed was unleavened. He was sinless. You'll learn why his blood is precious, because he's the Lamb of God uh, who shed his blood for the sins of the world. And you'll learn about his coming return as we await that final great Passover when the Jewish people return to Jerusalem according to Old Testament prophecy. You'll even be able to copy a digital download with links to Passover recipes, including all my favorite foods, brisket and matzo brai and matzo ball soup and some of your favorites, gefilte fish and chopped herring and chopped liver. Well, maybe that's not your favorite, but I love that stuff. So to request the booklet, 10 Ways to Find the Messiah in the Passover, please visit chosenpeople.com slash offer. If you want to call us for a hard copy of the booklet, you can do that too. 888-2-YESHUA. That's 888-293-7482. And please know that we sincerely appreciate your support. We're grateful for your prayers and sacrificial gifts that enable us to continue to bring the gospel to the Jewish people in 20 countries around the globe, and that includes the Ukraine and even Russia. And so we need your prayers and we need your support. So won't you let us know that you're listening and you're praying for us? I believe we have a golden moment now to join together in reaching the Jewish people that might only come once in a lifetime if by God's grace, we former spiritual lepers can band together in beautiful unity and with one voice, raise the issue of Jesus among the Jewish people together. 
Amen. Amen. And you can also write to us by addressing your envelope to Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. You can also connect with us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And right now, let's wrap up today's study on the leper Messiah with the ironic benediction. Here's Mitch with Michael Rydelnik. Yevarechacha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha V'yaseim lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. <laughs>